I just need you guys to know that for this episode, I have 2,000 words written of notes, and the summarized version is six pages. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) We talked a lot about vampires. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, and I have a randomly generated YA title for today, and it's a good one. Oh? (laughs) It is The Library of Bakers and Lobsters. Wow. 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 Love it. We get a lot of, like books and aquarium themed uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i came up with books. the words that populated Weird. this list I, I can't imagine why those two things would be prominent i can't imagine why <laughs> i think at this point we have four books that would be written about the bookstore we have that's also an aquarium and a cafe yeah <laughs> yeah because that's what this is yep yep someday we're gonna do it <laughs> yep yep if if any of us ever figures out how to run a business Oh man, it's over. <laughs> yeah, if any of us ever decide that we like dealing with like clients, oh yeah, there's <laughs> that. I like interacting with people when it's through a podcast where they cannot interact back with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, who are you guys? <laughs> my name's Sam, and my YA title of today is "My Mockingbird of Earthquakes and Hearts." Oh, yeah. that sounds magical as shit. Yeah. My thoughts are going to the fantasy series by N.K. Jemisin because I know I haven't read it. I have the first book. It's called The Fifth Season, and it's about, like, the end of the world, but through tectonic plate shifting and earthquakes and stuff like that from the reviews I've seen. Hmm. So my head goes to that, but I don't know how this mockingbird fits into it. (laughs) I don't know. Where's the mockingbird? Maybe the mockingbird is, like, the phoenix, but uh, the phoenix as to fire as the mockingbird to earth Mm -hmm. oh yeah so when a mockingbird gets old it explodes (laughs) into dust (laughs) yes and then it comes back from its rubble of dust and is reborn with a new heart (laughs) i'm down that sounds great great love it who are you hannah (laughs) (laughs) i am hannah and my randomly generated YA title for today is A Lizard of Sound and Time. Oh my god. Oh. It's really cool. Is it a time traveling lizard? I think it might be some kind of like quantum physics dragon. Yes. Yeah, like a phase lizard that a phase yeah, lizard yeah, yeah, teleports yes. through time. Yeah. I would love to read this book. There's a there's a time dragon in World of Warcraft, and that's really oh. all I'm thinking about now. Ah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so when you write your uh, officially sanctioned World of Warcraft fan fiction, mm-hmm. like you can get of shows like Supernatural and Star Wars, call it this. Sure, yeah. I will <laughs> say I've only been playing World of Warcraft for about 10 years. So I only know about 2% of the lore. <laughs> that's fine. You, I mean, you can just make some up about this lizard. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Mm-hmm. It's like an alternate universe. We're rewriting the theories. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if it's, you know, a phase lizard of some kind and it, like, dimension hops, you could be like, ooh. And the dimension that this lizard came from before it was in <laughs> insert name of World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh-huh. World here. Mm-hmm. The world of the Warcraft. The world it hopped to is a coffee shop AU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wait, I love that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> is it uh, the barista or the regular the, customer? <laughs> the whole world is just coffee shops. <laughs> oh, there are two kinds shops. of people, baristas and customers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not to be confused with uh, their neighbors or their neighboring reality. We're the only two kinds of people inexplicably are tattooists and florists. Oh, is that yeah. a common fanfic theme? It is. Oh, I didn't <laughs> At know At least in an anime. Yeah, oh, it's that an... makes sense. I was going to say it's a new one, but I haven't really been in anime fanficdom for like five years. So it's probably moved on <laughs> from, from then. It's new in the way that we as millennials think things are new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's at least five years old, but... Uh, yeah. When I talk about a song that came out in 2015, and I'm like, it's new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what we're avoiding talking about is <laughs> more Twilight. Yeah. We finished the books a couple weeks ago, but we're, we're doing a couple victory laps. And today is the victory lap that we were the most excited about. Yay. And which nearly killed me (laughs) (laughs) we are doing our summary of vampire biology (laughs) finally the review paper everyone's been waiting for (laughs) sophie very lovingly yeah said hey i'm in quarantine i'll just re-listen to every single episode and you guys don't and Sam and I were like, okay. <laughs> In my head, I was like, Sam and Hannah have had to do chapter summaries every episode for the whole time. So this is how I pay them back for that. <laughs> oh, t- full disclosure. Two weeks is not long enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, fair. Thanks, Sophie. I, Thank I, you. I, I procrastinated. So really, it was three days was not long enough to do that. <laughs> Let's be honest. I listened to two days each with 10 episodes in each day. And by the end of it, I was like physically in pain. (laughs) (laughs) And I was listening to them at two times speed. Art, I listen. I love our (laughs) podcast. It's a lot of listening to do in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. But now I have it. I have everything we've ever thought of about Twilight Vampires. So I have it broken down into like three, well, I guess two major categories. Um, <laughs> the, the two major categories are their like physical attributes and their mental attributes. And sort of larger sections within that are behaviors like a big one. And then the actual vampirism as a concept is also Yay. a big one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... This might surprise you, but in all of our discussions, we actually didn't nail down a lot of things. Oh. <laughs> so we have, listen, we have so many great ideas, but uh-huh. we don't really commit to a lot of them. Okay, so today is the day we commit. Yeah, today's the day we commit, finally, to our 
understanding of what a Twilight vampire is. Amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I figured we'd start with the physical attributes because this is where we really shine. So uh, we'll kind of trail off through the mental stuff at the end, I guess. But physical attributes. And let's start with the fun one, which is what exactly is vampirism in Twilight? Uh-huh. There was a lot of talk about different parasites that Why? I'm sure we all would love me to say again, but I'll no, for, I don't for think time's sake, time for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I won't. We kind of came down to it being a parasite mm-hmm. and the parasite can actively influence their mental state and their physical state by various processes. And this explains the insta love <laughs> Carlisle feeling lonely and turning Edward into a vampire <laughs> It explains things like their unending need to hunt. Uh, the by various processes is doing a lot of heavy lifting. In this yeah, theory. I don't know why you wanted to uh, call that out specifically. <laughs> because uh. I did write down a bunch of the processes that parasites use. If you oh, want me no. to go through those? No, again. it's fine. Uh, we'll cut that part out. Carry on. Okay, great. <laughs> And we also briefly theorized that the reproductive selection of the parasite is where evolution happens through who they choose to turn into a vampire. And mm-hmm. via a mechanism we don't understand, that is <laughs> why the insta-love happens. Yes. Yeah. Because somehow the parasite knows which humans would make good vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we had mentioned that, like, the Volturi choose humans who have good vampire potential. Mm-hmm. So clearly they know something <laughs> that they're yep. not telling us, <laughs> the readers. <laughs> Didn't we have something about metamorphosis at some point? Does yeah, that so... align with the parasite idea, or did we scrap it in favor of parasites? Yeah, so we... Still had a metamorphosis. We jumped around a couple times, but the original idea was that they metamorphose like a butterfly. Yeah. Where the skin <laughs> yeah. turns into a basically like a cocoon and they turn into goo inside and turn into this beautiful new vampire. I which mean, I, I think still we like scrapped. That. <laughs> okay. well, Listen, we can argue about it. the insides of a vampire are pretty homogenous. So, they like, the insides of a human must have slooped away at some point yeah i mean how else do we explain the open circulate didn't we have an open circulatory system i think theory? it was a capillary circulatory system. oh it was a capillary yeah yeah i obviously just listened to the entire <laughs> history of our podcast yeah there was a part we hadn't really clarified which was because bella gets bitten Yes. And her hand starts turning vampire e. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was a lot of talk about how it's a bloodborne thing, but then the blood would have circulated through her entire body in 20 seconds. So why was only her hand changing? Yes. And we weren't sure if it was maybe contact with the teeth or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe the parasite targets like something like the hox genes, which. Right control the hox genes basically tell what part of an embryo to become what so they'll yeah. be like those are arms that's a tail 
<laughs> and so maybe it controls something like that to control what changes first. Okay. Maybe. So it, I guess the parasite or whatever is in the venom causes a like cascading change in gene regulation throughout the body. Or gene expression, rather. Yeah. Because like the big thing is that the heart changes last. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it needs the blood full of parasite or whatever to keep pumping through the body yes. until the very end. Yes. Yeah. It needs that mechanical circulation to get through the body faster. Yeah. And just like diffusion or parasitic reproduction, I suppose. Yes. So a vampire happens because another vampire has venom that is a vector for a bloodborne parasite that causes an initial metamorphosis that precipitates the change of human tissues into vampire tissues. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Wow, you said that so eloquently. Thank you. I really like big words. Yeah, that was beautiful. (laughs) They were very big. Those were all confirmed big words. (laughs) One of the notes that I just kept moving over from document to document about the metamorphosis was... Uh What if the venom is ingested through small cuts in the mouth or something? And then I yeah. just said, we yeah. never want to talk about it because it involves boners. No, <laughs> no I think we do want to talk about it. Yes. I don't but want to talk about it. Is that when we it. talk? We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to our venom section. I assume you have a venom section. Maybe Sophie, I just took it out entirely. <laughs> Sophie, you have Sophie. a venom section in the summary? No, I don't think Sophie. we've ever talked about the venom. Sophie. I don't Sophie. think it's important. <laughs> Sophie. No, but we need to talk about the venom in order to properly debate team wet versus team dry. The venom is an integral part of that discussion. And it's the entire basis for the process of transferring the parasite from person to person. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't do without the venom. It's very important. Fine. Venom is needed. Okay, we'll get there eventually. But first... <laughs> She's gonna filibuster us <laughs> until yeah, we forget about I'm gonna them. keep talking until it's like 10 p.m. <laughs> and then you're gonna not want to talk about it anymore. That's true. No, the last part I want to talk about in relation to like actual vampirism is their immortality. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's sort of like part of the metamorphosis. And we had two theories that aren't necessarily like they. What's the word? You can have them both. (laughs) Yeah, mutually exclusive. They are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. So we had essentially the cells do not have controlled cell death, aka apoptosis. Mm -hmm. They don't have that pathway, which is what is seen in HeLa cells. The lack of that is in HeLa cells. Sorry. Yes. The lack of apoptosis (laughs) Mm -hmm. means that the cells are immortal. Wild. (laughs) Yeah. So we had that. And then uh, something like lobsters, where they have no shortening telomeres to mm-hmm. cause senescence. So basically, the HeLa cell angle is a little bit more on a macro level, and it's like specifically looking at the existing cells in the body. And the telomere theory is specifically looking at DNA degradation. So, like, man, the way you just said, oh, yeah, the individual cells is on the macro level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, compared right. to comparatively, <laughs> compared to the DNA, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. And in fact, if you 
desperately want to be immortal, it would probably be in your best interest to have a bit of a redundancy there and make sure that yeah. neither your cells nor your DNA can degrade. Yeah. Yeah. This this implies that like the reproductive cycle of the parasite is extremely long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it wouldn't want its host to die quickly if the parasite needs like hundreds of years to reproduce. Yeah. Maybe it's a side effect of how uncommon it is for a vampire to reproduce because that reproductive oh, yeah. instinct is so- mm. tied in so oh. closely to yeah. the feeding instinct. Yeah. yeah. But like if you're going to be most of the time unsuccessful in your reproduction, you can go the route that a lot of like external fertilizers like fish go and just have like a bajillion babies all the time <laughs> and hope that one or two survives. Or you can go more into what or a lot of megafauna do, which is put a lot of energy into very few offspring. So maybe that's what this parasite is promoting. Hannah, that's such a good theory. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Our selection versus K selection, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like needs to live forever because vampires don't make other vampires very much. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. And you can't pass on your parasite if you can't reproduce in the specific example. Incredible. So you need to live longer in order to pass on your parasite. And therefore it's in the parasite's best interest if you live for a really long time so that you're more likely to get passed on to a new vampire. I think this is a great theory. I think it's amazing. Yep. I say it my own theory. I think I did a wonderful job. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah we've solved yeah. it we've solved immortality it. Mm-hmm. but now that we've solved immortality let's go into some other Venom. physical attributes nope Venom. <laughs> Venom. well i mean i don't really have an order <laughs> i guess we could go <laughs> let me just say what i thought was important <laughs> about okay. the Venom, and okay. then both of you can ignore what i wrote down and just do whatever you want <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the venom is important sophie Sure, I'm sure it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. The relevant points we had discussed were (laughs) the first one I wrote because it was one of the earlier episodes. (laughs) If they don't drink the whole bear, does the bear turn into a vampire? Uh, Yes. And we decided that it's species specific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they won't turn a bear or a killer whale into a vampire. Yes. So I actually did follow up onto this. Oh, because I was doing some How? research. <laughs> How do you know? I I happened on it by accident because um I don't don't worry about it. But apparently <laughs> Stephanie know. Meyer did address this, and <gasps> apparently oh. the venom is like poison to anything that's not a human, so it kills Whoa. them. Yeah, so that's like it's like the same thing with shapeshifters, like the werewolves it's poison to them so it's the same like if for the bears and the cougars like it's essentially poison so it would just kill them or not poison sorry venom it's venom, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's venom. <laughs> sorry wow i guess if they ingested it it would it be would, poisonous yeah. but it is just venom in the sense that it would kill them from a venomous standpoint but not be a suitable host for the parasite which also oh my god yeah makes yeah. that makes so much sense that because like sense. If you catch yeah. a parasite that is not for you, you'll yeah, get real very sick. sick. <laughs> yeah. That does raise for me the absolutely bizarre issue that maybe we don't really have time to get into about why the wolves are no longer considered human by this parasite. Because they are more human than <laughs> that, they are wolves. <laughs> that is an excellent point. Hannah. I, and also, I have, don't they, I have aren't a they immortal theory. too? 
for that later. Okay. Okay. We'll we can that. get into that uh, in the topic I have labeled as hotness. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry. It's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sophie, are you going to be the horny one this episode? No. <laughs> no, because I want to talk about venom. Oh, God. Venom. Wait, I'm not done my list yet. Okay, okay. sorry. Keep going. I interrupted. So uh, yes. I will relate this to the blood drinking part of vampirism which is why do they drink blood to make venom <laughs> it seems like that might be the only metric yeah yeah by which we can understand it i guess the yeah it seems like they only have venom in them and they only drink blood and do not expel anything else <laughs> yes yeah so they don't use much venom only to hunt or for lubricating create. the joints <laughs> or and create creating a renesme <laughs> a horrible baby a horrible baby for anyway no nope, extremely dry nope. they don't lose it there they definitely no. do but they do apparently Lips have don't secrete saliva yeah they don't the tongue I... does and you can't tell me he's not licking his tongue oh god or licking his lips <laughs> That one. <laughs> I'm sure it will get worse from here. Okay. Uh, apparently, they still have salivary glands, but mm-hmm. have been co-opted yes. to produce venom, which again is not in the on the lips. <laughs> what would get on nope. the lips? Nope. Yep. And my last note is, and he does have a dry mouth, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he only has a wet mouth when his venom glands are stimulated to produce venom by the scent of a tasty blood snack. But then by that theory, he just has a dry, crusty tongue in his mouth the entire time. Yeah, no. he's made of minerals. He doesn't care. <laughs> his, but, his lips are so dry. <laughs> but, okay, the way that Stephanie Meyer explains like the fluids and Edward being able to impregnate Bella in Breaking Dawn is that every fluid that ever existed in a human still exists in a vampire just in a venom-based form. So like if it's semen, it's venom-based semen, but if it and then oh. saliva, the mouth always has saliva. So that's just a different venom-based saliva. Yes, but counterpoint Just because the fluids have been replaced by venom does not mean that the secretion exists in a vampire the same way as they do in a human. Because you cannot tell me that a vampire sweats venom out of their diamond skin. (laughs) No. Okay. No. They they can't sweat. (laughs) They they cannot sweat. Therefore, the secretion of fluids on a vampire is different from the secretion of fluids in a human. And I argue that if you're are only having like very occasional meals which you need to produce your fluids it's not like they're drinking blood every day it's not like they're super full of blood all the time they can go hungry and be fine therefore they must need to conserve their venom when they're not actively using it and therefore their mouth would not constantly be secreting venom unless they're in a situation where the venom would be of use to them such as hunting or vampire reproduction okay mm-hmm. but if Edward so the mouth is, is constantly, dry. No, but counter, if Edward is constantly around Bella and Bella constantly smells good and he's constantly aroused or hungry by her, oh. by that, that method, <laughs> Sophie's going to get tea or something. Sophie's left. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, if he's around Bella, when they kiss, 
Like his mouth would be full of venom, thereby his lips would have like traces of it because his mouth, as it's described in the books, explodes with venom. Like, but that just means he has he it means he has venom in his mouth. It doesn't mean he puts venom on his lips. And Edward is so uptight about Bella being near his teeth or his venom that I don't think he would risk having venom on his lips when he's kissing Bella. So he would make a point of not licking his lips with his creepy venomy tongue. This before this was, <laughs> yeah, this was my argument. My I believe that Edward would not lick his lips before kissing Bella. <laughs> it would be too dangerous. I've been sitting here just like breathing, you know, the way you do when you want to have your lips be very dry. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my lips are extremely dry right now to simulate. Mine are the opposite. Yeah, I've been having the opposite experience where because we're talking so much about saliva, my mouth is watering and I'm yeah. really not a fan of it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's pretty gross. <laughs> Listen, I'm just But my lips are no moister than they usually are. So mine are. Sam does a lot more kissing than either me or Hannah do. He is That's not a good point. right now. Maybe she's better at it. <laughs> <laughs> she probably knows a little bit more she about it. She probably knows a little us. bit more at it than we do like at the moment i'm just saying it's very hard to kiss a person and be completely like closed lip about it especially with like the way that bella is or quote-unquote attacks edward like i mean her mouth can be open yeah but like then then, yeah i guess her contend with gravity because like Mm. edward's taller he is taller (laughs) But if yeah, and she probably her tongue probably wouldn't be strong enough to like force his lips open. Oh god! Yeah, she if they battle for dominance with their tongues, she's going to lose. <sighs> this is gross. Anyway, I want to talk. Team, I just team dry. As someone who does a lot of kissing, okay. the th- the concept of dry mouth kissing is just very unappealing to me, and so I just I feel for Bella if it is in fact team dry, then poor Bella because. I mean, she might not know that it should be otherwise. She's never this kissed is true. either. This is a valid point as well. <laughs> and that's why she's got to go do some more kissing. Kiss some yeah. other people. Kiss some wet lips. Kiss some dry lips. <laughs> Find out what a bad kiss is. Yep. Find out what a really good kiss is. I don't think Edward's kisses are as good as you think, Bella. The real problem is that it's not only team wet or team dry. It's also, mm. like, cold as hell. <laughs> yeah. That too. Yeah. Cold kisses aren't as nice as warm kisses. I feel like that's accurate. <laughs> so anyway. So Bella's just really into like making out with dry ice. <laughs> oh my god! That'll, that'll burn you, Bella. Yeah, that would hurt. That'll mm. hurt a lot. See, this is why Team was... Wet should just win because like, Team Wet is more enjoyable! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but what part of being Edward. a vampire is enjoyable being a vampire is eternal suffering and torment okay but if i had the opportunity to be immortal i would probably take it i don't want to be immortal but i do want to be able to sit at the bottom of the ocean for four days Mm -hmm. so i take the immortality part i just want to see how the world ends oh god oh (laughs) and on that note i mean uh, it's 2021 You might get to <laughs> talk about something else. Okay. Oh, are we not going to talk about <laughs> Venom? We don't have to talk about <laughs> Venom. That's okay. Here's the thing. I 
didn't write any notes about Venom because every time we almost talked about it, we didn't. So I just don't have any notes about it. If you have some theories, feel free to talk about them now. I just have one question. And my question being, we've established that the skin is hard and like... (laughs) Oh, <laughs> everything is hard it's in the episode <laughs> i i haven't said anything yet i've oh just God. said the, the skin is hard so my question is stephanie meyer has explained how edward impregnated bella like she's explained the mechanism behind it and everything but my question is is it physically possible for a vampire to ever be soft <laughs> edward probably just has a perma boner and that, that's that's uh, I think that's yeah. say about it. I I know, but like I genuinely think that has to be the case because I don't think a vampire could be soft. If (sighs) nothing, like it might be able to move because like his other body parts can move, but I can't imagine it can like. It can't be all floppy floppy. (laughs) (laughs) For like change shape in any meaningful way. (laughs) (laughs) What do they do with it when they're wearing pants then? I, I know the answer to this, maybe, and I'm not. Maybe gonna... they break it off and put it back on later. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do with my boobs if I was a vampire. I have talked about this with my boyfriend. I'm dying. Why? Because Wait, I've so talked your boyfriend about... has to talk about Twilight too. <laughs> yes, he does. I feel very bad for him. No, I've talked about how wanting to like be able to remove my boobs because there's just oh some days where like you don't want to like have boobs especially when they you have like hurt. d cup or plus it hurts your back yeah. like sometimes you okay. just want to wear a cute outfit and you can't wear a cute outfit because you look like a whore and everything yeah hear me out yeah. yeah because the venom in theory is how they can stick their body parts back on or if uh-huh. they get injured how they heal uh-huh. does that just yeah. mean like if you were to say remove your boobs would you just have like a very sticky surface and you would have to like saran wrap it until you got home and put your boobs back on? Or would it like solidify and then when you get the venom or like you have to use like venom adhesive? You have to like reapply it? I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking that the, the wound would like dry up and be the same texture as the rest of the surface skin. That's what I assumed too. And then if you wanted to reattach the part, you had to spit on it. That's what I was going with too. Yeah. So yeah. they could just remove their boobs, remove their dick. Because I just feel like we can't put this in the episode. I don't think we can talk about boners in the episode. Oh, I kept it kind of okay at the beginning. I just, guys, it's been bugging me all week. Yeah. Maybe we just cut out the middle part and then say, just Edward has a perma boner, and that's yeah. the answer we've yeah, come up there. with after much discussion. And that you don't you need to hear. You can't hear it. Yeah, this isn't Breaking Dawn, the podcast. It's Twilight, the podcast, and <laughs> Twilight hasn't gone there yet. Yep. Yep. Uh, I've completely lost track of where I was in my document because of how much we talked about Edward boners. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so our venom is the only fluid in their body it is secreted from similar glands as would be in a human but not all or in the same way they replenish the venom by drinking blood that's what they use the blood for Mm -hmm. what else is there to say about the venom like sam said it's just venom based but there are different fluids Mm -hmm. in the body 
mm-hmm. as confirmed by Stephanie Meyer. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, uh, we had talked about how the venom is probably just adapted blood. Like, it's probably mm-hmm. very similar to human blood. Mm-hmm. Presumably, like, the plasma part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, the serum, the clear stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And we had theorized that it was related to or, like, derived similarly to the calocrine-based venom that you get in some venomous mammals, like shrews, which I tried to do more research on because I think you said, Sophie, that we, like, talked about it a lot but didn't come to any conclusions because none of us are cellular biologists and didn't understand what it was. Yeah, also, the paper had you'd found the paper like an hour before we recorded. <laughs> yeah, so that that paper is a little bit different from the calocrine thing. The paper is more about the mechanism of venom production, whereas the calocrines are the basis for the venom that we hypothesized. So I looked more into how calocrines work and what they do, and they are an enzyme that is like produced in the body. Specifically in mammals, there are two main types. There's a plasma calocrine group and a tissue or glandular calocrine group. They are involved in the regulation of blood coagulation, blood clot breakdown, inflammation, semen liquefaction, and skin <laughs> desquamation or like skin sloughing and refreshing once it's dead and needs to go. So I looked more into it. And it's too complicated for me and I didn't understand anything beyond what we said before. Cool. So, yep. If you know about cell biology, please let us know. I can send you some papers for you to interpret for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all of those things you said are pathways that we've talked about having to be adapted for Mm -hmm. a vampire. So, yeah. Yeah, so the vampire venom is a calocrine-based, presumably mostly plasma-based venom. Yeah. And the paper that we were talking about found a confirmation of conservation of oral venomation system pathways, uh, genetic pathways between snakes and all other amniotes. So vertebrates with egg sacs. Which the conclusion of that basically is that the pathway for secreting venom from the mouth like a snake does is very similar to the salivary pathway and is basically just a matter of gene regulation so it's not out of the question that changing gene expression in a human using some crazy parasite could make it possible for a human to secrete venom from their salivary glands yay yay Yay. huzzah i don't understand that but it fits really well (laughs) yeah And if it's completely wrong, don't tell us. <laughs> don't want to hear it. No, let us think we're really smart for figuring yeah, this out. We're so smart. We're really smart, you guys. Yes. So to continue into the why vampires drink blood. Mm-hmm. Apparently they don't need it to live, right? Carlisle yes. apparently starved himself forever and became weak. They can survive off of non-human blood Mm-hmm. as the Cullens do, but if they drink human blood, and as Edward says, specifically of Bella, who smells so great to him, <laughs> Bella would keep him full for weeks, whereas animal That's blood, wild. yeah, doesn't quite satisfy, even in the moment. So we hypothesized that it's the differences between species, because obviously blood 
is not that similar across humans, even to other primates. So mm-hmm. it's probably just the physical, like their bodies trying to convey that they are missing something mm-hmm. when they feed, which who knows what that is? Not us. Not us. <laughs> Our understanding of blood is that there are four times two types. Yep. <laughs> and it's <Period>. great. <laughs> In terms of the, uh, as Hannah called them, special smellers, <laughs> mm-hmm. as Bella is to Edward, uh, we never really had an idea of why that might be a thing, especially because as I was listening to it, Renee and Charlie don't smell good to Edward. Right. right? Which you might think would be maybe it's a genetic thing, but they don't. So there's nothing really I feel like that we can work off of there other than maybe yeah. it's the parasite. <laughs> the only ideas I have would be that it's the parasite reacting in some way to something that Bella has in her blood mm-hmm. or it's the parasite reacting in some way to the fact that Bella has an extremely powerful vampire superpower when she gets changed and like somehow Edward's parasite can tell. Didn't we theorize that before? Like didn't we theorize Probably. that like there's a way of tracing whether or not a human would be more prone to having a supernatural power once being turned? We had talked about it in that the Vulturi yeah. hunt down specific humans. Yeah. Isn't that mostly based on behavior though? If there had been something about the special smell, you'd think that Carlisle would know it and would have told his family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, I had the thought that perhaps it was related to like the lineage of the parasite and like something about it, that parasite is particularly compatible with Bella. Like, yeah. you know how part of the whole thing with like pheromones is that like some people are specifically attracted to some other people. Because, like, their immune systems are extra compatible or, like, something in their genetic makeup is Mm -hmm. specifically compatible. So it's like, oh, maybe the Cullen lineage of Parasite is, like, specifically compatible with Bella. But if that was the case, then the entire family would also think Bella smelled good because they all came from, like, the Carlisle lineage except for Alice and Jasper. Yeah. Unless the Parasite has, like, mutated within Edward and his version is a little bit different. Which yeah, could be a case. Could be. But not if we're saying the lifespan of the parasite is like incredibly long. Edward's only been a vampire for a hundred years. Yeah. True. Who knows? How many not generations us. of vampire parasite have happened during a hundred years? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Within but- Edward. <laughs> But by that logic, too, because we use that logic to explain why Rosalie wanted to save Emmett, but didn't Mm -hmm. Rosalie found Emmett less than 100 years between her getting turned, right? Because she got turned after Edward. Yeah, after Edward and Emmett was before Bella. Yeah. Yeah, and like, to be fair, Emmett didn't smell special to Rosalie. It seems like the smell and... The insta love are different. Yes. True. Okay, right. Which right. I don't know why that would be. <laughs> yeah. So that almost makes it seem like the smell does perhaps relate to something other than the virus or yeah. the parasite reproduction. Like maybe it is that Bella just has a super strong power, mental power or something. Yeah. Or maybe it's 
like you were saying, um, how the animal blood is like lacking something compared to the human blood that the vampires need. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's sort of like a pregnancy craving, which I've heard can be like very strong and very specific because like your body Mm -hmm. is like a little confused, but wants very specific nutrients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that like a lot of cravings, certainly not all, but like a lot of the time it's because (laughs) your body it's like missing a specific nutrient and it like wants you to go and get some. Yeah. Right. So maybe whatever is like particular about Bella's blood, because like all of the blood smells different. So obviously there's like some variation between individuals and like you can have like blood rejection if you get donations. So like there is <laughs> something that distinguishes human blood between individuals. I don't know what, but it, it's there. So maybe Bella's specific combination of like blood whatever is just like super compatible with edward's specific dietary deficiencies because of his animal diet dang so edward's like really low on vitamin b12 and bella's like yeah, super, super b12 <laughs> yeah so it could be something I like, that. like that yeah yeah that makes sense yeah because his instinct wasn't i have to turn her into a vampire it's oh my god i need to eat her or i'm going to like cease to exist yeah it It only gets weird because james experienced the same thing and he's on a human diet (laughs) Mm. i mean he could still have had a deficiency of some kind yeah true i like that theory i vote for that one i like it (laughs) yep we're solving so many theories today (laughs) yep we're solidifying our our picture of the Twilight vampire physiology, for sure. Yes. But while you were hypothesizing, you mentioned pheromones. I did. So, let's go into hotness. Oh. Hotness. I would love to. (laughs) How hot are these vampires? Should have done this after the venom. (laughs) I don't think the venom is hot. (laughs) Oh, no. It's probably body temperature. (sighs) <sighs> Which well, they're extremely cold. cold. Oh, that's true. Vampire <laughs> body temperature. Oh God, I didn't even oh, think God. about that. God, I hate every part Me of it. Too. Moving on. <gasps> We're not solving this one. <laughs> anyway, let's anyway. talk about how hot Edward is. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Okay. So our first theory: pheromones. Mm-hmm. So this ties into the venom because we never had an explanation for like what there's no byproduct, right? Like they don't excrete anything. They're just taking in all this blood and then nothing happens. Mm -hmm. I still don't really know where all the liquid, like where's all the water going, but I guess it's just the venom, but then they don't use the venom very much. I don't know, but we had a theory. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, Anyway, who knows? Uh, But one of the theories is that one of the byproducts is actually like a pheromone and or something similar to use on their prey. Because Bella explicitly says that Edward's breath smells so good. Mm -hmm. And she has many physical reactions that cannot be explained by (laughs) something normal or natural. around edward Mm -hmm. such as her heart stopping for a second oh my god (laughs) and she faints multiple times yeah she she? like nearly faints a couple times and then the big one from the beginning was that when they are sitting next to each other watching that movie in the dark 
Oh, yeah. Both of them have like an extremely physical reaction of burning or something. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like electric that we couldn't really figure out why because it's very like specifically a physical reaction that we're like, yeah. this seems like it's a vampire thing. So that is most of our pheromone theories. I mean, I know even less about pheromones than I do about blood. So I don't know. I agree with past us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hypothesizing into what the pheromone is made up of. I'm just saying, no, yes, no. this, probably. Yes, yeah. they have some. <laughs> yes. All right. We have concluded vampires have pheromones. Have pheromones. And then the only other uh, hotness scale we had was in relation to being a carnivorous flower or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of those orchids that looks like a female wasp so that the male wasps go in and try and mate with it. <laughs> Uh-huh. and then pollinate is that what we're calling it these days <laughs> yep pollinate you know <laughs> pollinate that was puyanian mimicry which i guess is also because like why do they get hot when they get turned into vampires yeah it's just got to be like an anglerfish thing like a prey attractant allure yeah but, but james wasn't that hot wasn't he described as average Yes, but it's because he was just so ugly as a human that <laughs> even oh the vampire transformation couldn't make oh him super God. hot. That's canonical, which is just... <laughs> Do you think Stephanie Meyer dude. has, like, an ex named James? He must. She, she she's must. Gotta. And he was a real, real loser. Real doozy. Yeah. What a guy. Because, uh, I mean, the thing is, is, like, it's not like they become all... I mean, I guess... The Cullens kind of look similar, but mm-hmm. like they don't all physically change. They just become more attractive. Yeah, they become like hotter versions of themselves. Yeah. And so, like, there's, it's always like, what is it? People say that, like, the more symmetrical you are, the more attractive mm-hmm. you are, no matter mm-hmm. like what anything else is. As, as long as you're more symmetrical, you're more attractive. Mm-hmm. False. I'm very symmetrical and not very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I disagree as well. (laughs) But I guess that means that maybe they just become more symmetrical. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they're like perfectly symmetrical and that's why. (laughs) I mean, yeah. There is sort of like an uncanny valley kind of thing about them too. Like a lot of people react to them being like, wow, that person's super hot, but like what's up with them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which you would certainly get if someone was perfectly symmetrical. They would look kind of weird for reasons you probably wouldn't be able to explain. Yeah, being like, I've never seen a perfectly symmetrical person in my life, and here's six of them in high school. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? Nobody is symmetrical in high school. (laughs) No. No. Put that on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. I'll wear that shirt. I would too. (laughs) While we're talking about their hotness, Uh let's talk about various... I guess parts of their body, <laughs> not okay. the dick anymore. Aww, we'll see <laughs> we're about done that. with the vampire dick. <laughs> we had hair. They stop shedding hair, and the keratin in their hair and their nails becomes stronger and unbreakable, and mm-hmm. somehow still flows in the wind. <laughs> 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 Next, we had their ears i guess they're hearing 
Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. The most important was that Edward can definitely hear Bella when she goes pee on the hike. <laughs> yep. Yep. 100%. Yep. I think about this a lot. Yeah, Edward can hear Bella's blood moving around in her body, which I hate. Ooh. So weird. Uh-huh. But the actual number of decibels that they can hear, too, is negative 12 or 13, which comparatively an owl can hear to negative 20. So it's yes. pretty good, but not the best. Not the best for smelling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you could say we're moving from hotness to the senses. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to get to their skin at some point. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, touch. Oh, I guess kind I was going to go like down, but I oh. skipped their eyeballs. Um. <laughs> I mean, start with like the major sensory organs of the head and then yeah. move down from there. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. There wasn't much for smell that we haven't already covered, which is Bella smells amazing. Mm-hmm. And the important note we had, which was Edward smells freesia on Bella, oh, which yeah. he says smells delicious, but freesia is only edible to moths. <laughs> Uh, wait <laughs> which, which that... was part of our vampire theory that yeah they were <laughs> the moth theory the parasite must be related to a moth like it, it yeah. must have a, it has to be a recent common ancestor with like moth lineages it's right? gonna be one of those weird ones because like you get certain families where like nothing is a parasite and then you get like mixozoans in cnidarians mm. which are just like no Nidarians are parasites except for the Mixozoans, which are like weird off to one side. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So these are the Mixozoans of the moth clade. Yeah, because I don't think there are really, like, there are parasitic ones, but usually not like to this extent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving to the eyeballs next. Eyeballs. This was a big one. <laughs> Yes. Because James could apparently see them from miles away (laughs) when eagles, whose eyeballs take up half of their skull, can really only see two miles away. Uh And they have the best vision of pretty much any animal. So in order for a vampire to have better than eagle vision, there would have to be some significant changes to the human skull. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But if we go with the theory that the like whole internal structure of the human gets rearranged to suit the vampire anatomy, then that's okay. Yeah. They could like exactly. put the brain somewhere else. <laughs> if they don't have a skull anymore. Yeah. Maybe. The eyeballs can just be pressed like right up against the brows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they had to have very big eyeballs. And then a question we couldn't answer and that I may have found an answer to oh, is okay. oh. the fact that their eyes change color. Yeah. Yeah. The human eating vampires have red eyes. Mm-hmm. The animal eating vampires have gold eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they're hungry, their eyes turn like black. Yeah. Yes. And both subspecies, yes. right? Subspecies. Sub- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. My honors advisor would be so disappointed <laughs> in me. And both cultural groups of vampires. Yes. <laughs> So Sam had pointed out that it's most likely that the dark color is because their pupils blow out. Oh, yeah. Rather than an actual change in the structure, right? Like, yeah, they only mm-hmm. go dark because they're hungry and their eye, like their pupils widen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that seemed to make the most sense. Mm-hmm. For the actual physical 
eyeball to change color in humans you can't change the iris color like that doesn't happen right you can dye it i think but can like you, you can you can dye yeah. like your cornea or your whatever oh. the like you can dye like the structure on top of it oh, oh god interesting i thought I it was like actually that. within the muscle okay yeah because the the iris like it's a physical structure yeah that creates the color so like you it's not like a surface like the way your skin is something that you can dye gotcha yeah but there are ways that human eye color can change but it's only like if you're sick and like melanin gets laid down in your iris okay anyway there are two things so reindeer eyes change color from winter to summer oh cool i didn't know that so reindeer eyes are blue in the winter and gold in the summer. Huh. They think it's caused by in the winter in the dark, their pupils stay dilated. Oh. And so there's a change in pressure in the eyeball. Oh. And that extended change in pressure changes the tapetum lucidum at the back of the eye. Sure. Yeah. Which is like a layer that animals that can see in the dark. You know when you like shine a flashlight at a cat in the dark and its eyes flash back yeah. at you? Oh, yeah. That's the tapetum lucidum. Like it's at the right. back of your eyeball. Dark vision. So we, yeah, we don't have it. <laughs> right. So that was the first path I went on, but I don't think that's what it is because vampires don't have blue eyes because blue is better for seeing in the dark. They don't have that. They have gold. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be interesting or relevant for why they change from colored to dark if it's not that their pupils are blowing out because the whole thing with the vampires is that they need blood as like their only source of nutrition to create their venom, which is their only fluid. So if the pressure of the fluid within their body changes, the pressure of the fluid on their eyes would also change. And if it's similar to the reindeer, then that could cause a change in the structure of the iris, like you were saying. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Dang. I didn't think about it that way. Wow. Stephanie Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did find another one. Okay. In diurnal birds, reptiles, and lungfish. So diurnal meaning active during the daytime and asleep at night. Yeah, who hunt during the day. Yes. And the lungfish part is interesting to me because lungfish are in the same group as tetrapods, which are what humans are in and all, you know, mammals. (laughs) Yeah. A fun fact that we won't be elaborating on this episode is that humans are fish. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. So in like a number of individual species within these groups, they have oil droplets, they're called, in their eyes. Okay. Which are essentially just like a tiny little it they act like an extra lens. And they sit on top of like the cones in your eye. And the cones and the rods in your eye help you distinguish light and dark and different colors. So they have like extra lenses on top of those, which make like the specific cone that it's on top of, the color that that cone relates to, they can distinguish between variations in that color better. Okay. So it means they're just, they have like the ability to notice a wider range of numbers that we would not be, numbers. Oh my God. What? <laughs> I was like, wait, range, what? It's like a, a number wider of range of colors oh, that okay. we can distinguish. Yeah. So not like new colors, but they could be like this beige and that beige are completely different Uh, right and that oil droplet it can be colorless or filled with color and the color is usually red 
Oh. Oh. Because it is laid down by carotenoids. Mm. And humans have a lot of carotenoids in their blood serum. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, I don't know how they exactly connect, but I was like, perhaps it could be that the carotenoids in human blood, when a vampire drinks it, are then laid down in the oil droplets in the eyes. And what function would that serve? Like, would having the red oil droplet make you more... More better. (laughs) Better (laughs) at distinguishing between shades of red? Or is it just, like, specifically what kind of cone it goes over? And it doesn't have anything to do with the shade of the oil. I don't believe it has anything to do with the shade of the oil. I believe it has to do with what cone it's on. Okay. But if having that red oil droplet gives you sharper vision or like more not sharper more uh, what's the word i'm looking for distinct Mm -hmm. makes you better able to distinguish between like things you're seeing i suppose better contrast that's the word i'm looking for Uh, better contrast vision then that would make sense for like a superior humanoid that has superior vision to have a feature that gives it superior vision and then why would it be different for the Cullens? Is it just maybe the animal blood doesn't have as many carotenoids as human blood? Yeah, or like carotenoids come in a lot of different, like there are like thousands, probably yeah. millions of different carotenoids. And so yeah. it could just be that whatever ones are in human blood are the ones that the vampire body is meant to lay down and there just aren't mm. as many in other animals. Mm. Okay, yeah. Again, so, yeah. molecular and cell biology. Not, <laughs> Not our expertise. <laughs> but yeah i really like that uh the pressure thing specifically yeah that's really interesting again it seems to take time for that to happen not yeah. like instantly <laughs> yeah but like presumably it would happen faster if the pressure changes faster and if with vampires the only fluid they have is venom and the only way they get venom is by feeding if you start running out of venom because you need to feed then your eyes would change because the pressure has dropped i think that makes sense i think so too i'm a little bit alarmed at how much sense that makes from this information right (sighs) which brings us back to our age-old question of is stephanie meyer secretly a genius (laughs) i think so (laughs) i think so (laughs) either accidentally a genius or secretly a genius I've been listening to all of our theories, and I think she's a genius. Okay, we're going to go get through the rest of the super fast. Okay. <laughs> yep. Let's move on yeah, to okay. the big one, the skin. The skin. The, the skin. skin. So our major theory is that vampires don't have an endoskeleton anymore, i.e. a skeleton inside their bodies. They have an exoskeleton. They're super shiny, super reflective, beautiful diamond skin (laughs) we theorize that they glitter the way they do first we theorize that it might be like a structural color like peacock feathers or Mm -hmm. butterfly iridescence but then we thought well perhaps since they don't glitter in indoor lights (laughs) they are actually a holographic glitter much like vampires are hollow (laughs) are they real hollow are they They real hollow (laughs) they are uh and holographic glitter is essentially a pattern underneath an overlapping layer like a film 
And so our hypothesis was that it was the holographic pattern on the skin of the individual, which is still underneath. And then on top of that are overlapping scales of diamond because diamond. we went through an entire mineral key we uh-huh. did. and confirmed they're made of diamond. <laughs> yes. The, uh, what are they, the keys called again? Di- Dichotomous uh, keys. Dichotomous. Dichotomous. Yeah. I got it in my head that they were diatomaceous keys, which is absolutely <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> I mean, that and sounds the- pretty cool. Yeah. Diatomaceous means made of diatoms, which are yep. phytoplankton. You don't know what the key was printed on. It could be diatomaceous. That's a good point. Is it yeah. a dichotomous key if it's for minerals, or is dichotomous only in the sense of living thing? It means you choose between two options at each step. Yeah. I'm glad you are good with words, and I'm not. <laughs> See, you think so, but then I go and say things like diatomaceous key. <laughs> One time, I found like a NASA dichotomous key for clouds and it was my favorite thing that sounds great because clouds are actually distinguished into species like genus and species yeah that's how they describe clouds that's cool anyway yes we're getting off track uh humans are fish and clouds have species carry on (laughs) so why they are sparkly we -hmm. had a couple theories one sam's theory was that humans like glittery things which, mm-hmm. yes, humans do. It is a evolutionary trait that we like glittery things because we want water all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that so much. Yep. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so that's probably why. Next theory was mine that the reproduction of the parasite selects for hardness <laughs> in the skin specifically. Uh-huh. What was that, Sophie? Hardness? Nope. Mm-mm. Yep. Uh-uh. <laughs> So the vampires are hard. Yeah. Well, the or sorry, the parasite wants the vampires to be hard. I hate this. So they're not soft. They're not soft. They're hard. They're hard. No, haven't you heard? Edward is extremely soft, like silk. What? What? <laughs> what book did he, you like, read? <laughs> He's smooth. He's not soft. Bella expressly describes him as soft. I'm pretty mm. sure she describes him as rock hard marble. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no sam sorry sorry sam no that was the edward bella fan fiction you were reading <laughs> um no that was it was the sarah j mass book you were reading yeah <laughs> yeah no it was uh ice planet barbarians actually oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh i was drinking my rosé <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes. the last Oh, yeah. So the reproductive (laughs) selection by the parasite selects for the solidity of the vampire skin. Uh And the the sparkle is the side effect. The the impenetrability of the vampire. That's a better... mm -hmm. I hate every part of this. Anyway, Hannah's theory was that it's just mineralization. (laughs) Yep. But I guess why mineralization? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you take a moment. We'll talk about uh, minerals. (laughs) The important things we also talked about was if vampires started the body glitter craze of the 90s. (laughs) Absolutely, they did. Yes. Yes. And if they can reflect light to burn stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. But then wait, couldn't they burn themselves if they angled themselves the wrong way in the sun? They could burn each other, I guess. Yeah. 
Did anyone else just have a vision of like vampires in a face-off and trying to do some weird dance so that they could angle the sun just the right way at their opponent? I was imagining Edward like moodily playing his fancy grand piano and Emmett like sitting behind him in a sunbeam like trying to angle his arms oh, so that yeah. it burns a hole through Edward's piano. That's 100%. <laughs> that is canon. That is happening. Yeah, that would happen. Yeah. Desperately trying to think of anything else so Edward won't catch him doing you know what he's probably singing like the baby shark song in his head so edward will ignore him (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would ignore someone well (laughs) it would be stuck in my head so maybe i'm stuck in my head now damn it uh damn it hannah if it helps i did it to myself as well (laughs) yeah the only other part to the skin was that they have apparently like veins as part of their coloration well that if you go with what we added i think after we theorized a lot of the original skin still being Mm -hmm. present under the transparent diamond layer yeah true yeah then that makes perfect sense yeah i mean not perfect sense because there would be no blood in the veins but like but listen we're we're doing our best (laughs) i like the idea of pigmentation underneath the holographic layer of diamond mm. exoskeleton. Mm. Yeah. yeah, me too. I think it's great. Okay, related to that, the circulatory yes. system. We didn't decide which, like, the reason that they are made of diamond. Oh, right. I guess since I was like, oh, you know, this is a hypothesis as to why something evolved. And I, having studied evolutionary biology, oh, true. like, okay. no one ever knows the answer. So let's move on. Good point. Uh, yes. All right, let's move on. I think my favorite one, though, is your one that the parasite selects for hosts with hardness. That's the one I'm throwing down on. It yeah, just and the sparkle hardness. is the side effects. Yeah, mm-hmm. parasites like their vampires hard. Not soft. Anyway, so their circulatory system. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> Instead of whatever you were saying. Mm-hmm. We hypothesize that they have a capillary system because they don't have a beating heart. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because their body has an exoskeleton the blood doesn't like pool anywhere because it cannot change the shape of the body yeah the really. container does not expand yeah for the fluid <sighs> wait which does mean this goes that- back I know yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what happened when we talked about it the first time we were like but then how does Edward get boners? (laughs) Well, and how does he get venom in his mouth if it's like a fixed size container, presumably constrained by gravity? You'd think your head would run out of venom first. Well, because I think with the skin being like overlapping scales, Mm -hmm. it can't like swell. Like they couldn't drastically change the shape of their arm, but they can like move their arm. Yeah. Kind oh, of thing. To like pump, sort of. Yeah. In humans, part of the way you get blood from like your legs up to your heart again is that the blood vessels are constricted by the constriction of the muscles in your legs and that pushes the blood up. So it could be similar in vampires. Yeah, because yeah. they have to have like a muscle system. Yeah. Ignoring. Well, maybe it's oh, like. Oh, God, I don't even want to go into that. <laughs> it might be like a hydrostatic skeleton. Mm. I feel like it would have to be because. If their heart's not beating. Yeah. Yeah. And a hydrostatic skeleton 
being basically like when you fill up a water balloon and it's kind of hard. It's yeah. basically that. <laughs> and like as like if you think Sam? about like a <laughs> I hate it. Sorry, and if I'm you think about like one. a crab moving its leg or something. Yeah. Or like I was gonna say a sea spider, but most people don't think about sea spiders. <laughs> mm. I was but gonna like, say a sea star, but similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then that like creates the motion of the fluid inside. Yeah. And I guess like if the venom comes out through the mouth, then using capillary action it would pull more venom up from lower down to replace the venom that has left the mouth. So I still like this theory. Yeah. yeah. I, now I'm just imagining that they're just like dripping venom out of their mouth all the time. <laughs> Maybe it evaporates. <laughs> yeah. That's the pheromone in theory we thought yeah. would work. So yeah. Yeah. Because that's how it works in trees, right? Like trees yeah. don't have a circulatory system. They work on capillary action. And as water evaporates from the leaves, it pulls oh, more it pulls water up, up from the roots. Yeah. Wow. So the venom oh, evaporates yeah. out of the mouth. Therefore Onto making the lips. it dry. <laughs> nope. It evaporates out of the <laughs> mouth. How does it evaporate out of the mouth without getting on the lips? They don't just it stand just with evaporates their mouth like, off ah! of their eyeballs. <laughs> Oh, well, because they breathe. They don't have to breathe, but they do breathe. So there's like air moving in and out of, I guess that means most humans breathe through their nose. So maybe the venom evaporates through the nose when they breathe <laughs> and it pulls more venom up from the feet. And <laughs> that's how mm-hmm. a vampire works. There, if you, if you look at a vampire tongue, it doesn't have like taste buds. It has the like transpiration holes that yeah. plants do. <laughs> yep. Uh, honestly, that makes sense. But do we know what the vapor pressure of this venom is? Because what if we the do vapor- not? What if what <laughs> if only the water part of the venom evaporates and the yeah, vapor pressure of the actual venom component does not and stays on the lips? I'm just saying it wouldn't be wet anymore. Though it wouldn't it be would wet be anymore. So dry. It would be dry. It may be dry. It may be dry powder. It may be dry powder, but the venom would be there, and Bella would still be a vampire if they kissed. I'm just saying. So, Sam, what you're saying is not only is it team dry, but it's team, like, dusty ass mouth. (laughs) (laughs) By my theory, until I am told the vapor pressure of the, whatchamacallit, and the phase transition temperature by which the venom itself goes into a gas... Uh, yes, this is my theory. <laughs> okay, so we're all team dust. <laughs> <laughs> team, team dust mouth. Edward dust mouth. Okay, wait. Did you guys did you guys ever hear that term in university? Like guys used to call each other in hockey teams or whatever dusters. Like, oh, you're so dusty. No. You're such a duster. No. no. Oh, okay, it's so vampire I- slang. <laughs> well, it's like a slang for like someone who was just like kind of like sketchy I guess or like you're so dusty or you're such a duster and so I'm just saying Edward's such a duster so this makes sense like yeah yeah. so usually it's like uh straight white women mostly and well straight white women and white gays appropriating language from the black community in this case Mm -hmm. it's straight white men appropriating language from the vampire community Yeah. yeah yep yeah okay I like the idea that only the liquid part of the venom evaporates, mm-hmm. and then there's just like some nasty <laughs> venom substitute or venom dust uh, powder. Yeah, I, I bet it like 
can't just be like reactivated by water. No. It must need something else like in the venom plasma to become venomous. Otherwise, well, vampire-like skin flakes would just be causing people to turn into vampires in the air. Uh, but it would have to- it would only be near open wounds. Yeah, but if you had, like, a cold sore and you inhaled vampire flakes- Oh my god. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> okay, let's- <laughs> Well, I think not. we need to move on. Yeah, this is a whole new can of worms that wasn't even brought up in the original episode. Yeah, no. So let's, yeah. No, we're done with Twilight. No more adding to the Twilight lore. Unless... No more adding to the lore except for whatever comes up next that isn't related to Venom. My only <laughs> remaining outstanding question that I wish Stephanie Meyer would answer for me, but I know I won't get an answer for, is what is the chemical composition of the Venom so I could figure this out? But other than that... Alas. I feel yes. like we'd end up in the same problem where none of us are organic chemists or molecular yeah. biologists. And I am gave us that, we somewhat understand. trained in chemistry now, actually. I would know the exact techniques to figure that out. Okay, Dang. so <laughs> if I ever capture a vampire, I'll send it to you and you can yeah. analyze the venom for us. Uh, yeah, I would need to get access to some labs with some heavy-duty equipment, but I feel like I have enough connections now that like, I could make that work, yes. Great fantastic uh so open call if anybody comes across a vampire and gets a sample of their venom <laughs> mm-hmm. dm us on twitter we'll give you an address where you can send it to <laughs> and we'll get we'll get it analyzed mm-hmm. we'll let you know as soon as we have any further details Hells <laughs> yes anyway <laughs> moving on <laughs> yes what next don't even know I what are we on now on <laughs> <laughs> what are we at what have uh, we, we just, just finished? Skin. We just did skin. We okay. Did skin. Uh, you Ooh, know what? Sticky. <laughs> <laughs> this is a break for Hannah to get unsticky after talking about vampire venom. <laughs> I really want to say something here, and I'm holding my tongue. <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally spilled fluid on myself, and it's a little sticky. And it was really cold. <laughs> okay. All right. I am rinsed and ready. <laughs> rinsed and ready to go. Okay, the rest of what we had for their physical attributes were just some fun sidebars. A, vampires could probably survive in space. <laughs> B, vampires are probably negatively buoyant. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. C, vampires can growl similarly yeah. to alligators. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that. The sexiest part of the vampire. The The sexiest part of the vampire is the growl, which could, we hypothesized, maybe it's the resonant frequency of a human. (laughs) 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 Which means, resonant frequency means that you literally vibrate something apart. (laughs) Oh no. Or that perhaps they had the ability of like, an Elrad, which essentially like punches you with sound. <laughs> yeah. Or like a sperm whale. Last one about last part of the physical attributes. Uh-huh. Was the most important one. How fast vampires go. Yeah. Yeah. I just want it noted that the very first vampire speed was not calculated by me. It was calculated by Hannah. Yeah. Which is probably why it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, we were basing it off of what we had at the time. So our original theory was um, somewhere between 83 meters per second and 423 <laughs> meters per second. Jesus. The latter of which breaks the sound barrier. <laughs> you know me, I don't like to be definitive about things. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The fact that Edward running means that Bella, if she's on his back, needs PPE. <laughs> Yeah, because he's running seven G's with her on his back <laughs> and she starts to black out and could die. Uh-huh. But of course, the final number that vampires can run is probably 67 meters per second at their top speed, which is 241 kilometers per hour or 149 miles per hour. Slightly faster than a Jeep Wrangler. Just slightly faster. <laughs> Just slightly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm glad we came up with like a definitive answer for that one because we worked, we, you worked on it a lot. I did a lot of math. Yeah. yeah. Most of our vampire physiology and our physical ability is speculation, but this one we have hard facts. Yeah. yeah. Math. I actually did a little bonus math. Bonus But barely math. any. Okay. <laughs> the final math. For this Twilight segment. Final fan map. Um It's not real math because oh. I didn't do much math, but I looked up some numbers. Because at one point, Edward says that he throws an 863 pound oh, yeah. tree oh, branch yeah. and cracks a hemlock tree in half. <laughs> yes, he did do that. Yeah. So I looked up obviously the bending strength of a hemlock tree okay <laughs> so hemlock wood which again i have no idea what this means in terms of a tree <laughs> but a hemlock can withstand up to 11,300 psi oh, my god wow. perpendicularly wow in force wow that's a lot so that means that's as at least the kind of pressure that edward can exert just for <laughs> reference, wow. in a search that will get me arrested one day, I looked up <laughs> how much pressure is needed to break a human bone. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, just Googling how much force do you have to put to break someone's leg. Okay. And a lot of answers being like, I don't know why you want to know this information. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure, Twilight. <laughs> so to break a human femur, which is the strongest bone, right? Yeah, the strongest bone in the human body is 1,700. Oh. Compared to 11,000 of a tree. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. So Edward can just, like, crush Bella into powder. <laughs> like, quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On to the mental attributes. Okay. <laughs> mental attributes of vampires. The big one. The magic stuff. The magic stuff. The, the magic. magic stuff. So the facts we have are not every vampire has magic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the, of the vampires we know, Edward can read minds. Alice can see the future. Jasper can control emotions. And Bella can protect herself from any magic. Mental magic. Mental shield. Yeah, we like got into a bit of what each of them can do. But quite honestly, they don't really follow like logic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially like, Jasper. Oh. 
Yeah, Jasper's, ironically, we had the most biology basis for, right? Because we theorized that he just can control hormone levels, right? Dopamine, Uh, serotonin, whatever. It just disturbs me still. Yep. I mean, I just want a Jasper to regulate my hormones. Yeah, that too, actually. uh... Seems like it'd be real useful. Yeah. Why why was Jasper not, like, birth controlling Bella? Exactly. She became pregnant with a demon. Anyway, (laughs) I guess they were on their honeymoon. He was far away. You know, maybe he wanted to be there because Jasper likes to hang out. (laughs) Where people are super happy or super horny. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. I really like Jasper and Stephanie Meyer is like bound and determined to make me not like him by just making him creepy and racist. (laughs) Why did you make me remember that? (laughs) You made me talk about Edward's That's a fair point. Yeah, touche. Fine. (laughs) But yeah, for Alice and Edward, we didn't really have any logic cabal. Logic cabal? No. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Biologize. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Biological. Biologizable. Biological. Exactly. Two other theories we had was that there are likely humans who have magic in the Twilight verse mm-hmm. because some of the vampire powers just in, like cannot be explained any other way. Yeah. No. So likely witches or something that turned into extra powerful vampires. Yes. And then the other theory that trackers such as James are a known subset of the vampires. Yeah. Yes. And Hannah's extremely good theory was that probably because the victims of vampires predominantly might be people who are alone in the woods. (laughs) Yes. And so might be predisposed to being good at like hunting or tracking or, you know, survival stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I still think that's a good theory. I think it's a a great theory. theory. You know what, guys? This episode is doing wonders for my (laughs) self-esteem. Yeah. You've had a lot of good theories. I've had a lot of good ideas. You know, I might actually uh, not be stupid. I agree with what the imposter syndrome has been telling (laughs) me these days. (laughs) Well, next time your imposter syndrome tries to tell you you're dumb, be like, well, I'm really good at Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know if that's actually better. (laughs) Some other vampire brain stuff. Yes. One of the things that, I don't know, we didn't really get into, but probably can be explained by Parasite, is that vampires' change doesn't happen, but if it does happen in terms of brain stuff, Mm -hmm. it happens suddenly and completely, and it's very hard to change again. Mm -hmm. I.e. the insta-love. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is something Edward has confirmed as, like, a vampire trait. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes sense... Well, I, I I don't know if it makes sense, but it seems like it could be a thing that, like, the parasite would control. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so. A sudden split change could be like, oh, the parasite has, like, indicated that you need to be in love with this person now. So suddenly you're in love. Yeah. yeah. You went into unfortunate detail earlier about the myriad ways that parasites can influence behavior, and it can be incredibly complex and incredibly self-destructive. And that seems to be very much in line with this theory. So I think it's a good one. Yeah. Yep. And it's the worst because it (laughs) almost makes Edward's character better. No. 
It almost makes no. it believable that he's the way he is. It makes no. him a little bit more sympathetic if you think about him acting the way he does because he's desperately trying to rationalize a irrefutable part of his biology. Yeah. Like, he has no choice but to behave this way, and he's still human enough to try to, like, make sense of it. Yeah. Like, if you think about Edward in the way he is, trying to fight against what the parasite wants him to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As why he's doing a lot of what he's doing. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He still sucks. Yeah. He's more yeah. interesting if you think of him as, like, literally fighting with himself for yeah. control. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I still don't want to read Midnight Sun again. Me, me neither, neither, ever again. Never again. Speaking of Edward's brain. Oh, no. The ability of the vampires to actually multitask. Oh, yeah. Think about multiple things all at the same time. The example that gave us this theory being that Edward triangulated every bird in the meadow. <laughs> I did... <laughs> some fish by a splash and also located and identified all the insects in the meadow. Yep. While concurrently singing every song he knows. (laughs) I forgot that scene was so So specific. And arguably obnoxious. Yes. Yes. What a guy. Yeah. We decided he didn't just have an eidetic memory, but vampires just have better brains. Computer brain. Computer brain. Computer brain vampires. Yeah, because they're not constrained by the limits of a skull. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Computer brain, dusty mouth. (laughs) 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 I'm putting that as my bio next time I get Tinder. (laughs) That is just so... (laughs) So unappealing. Unappealing. (laughs) Just awful, really. Oh, That's poor really Edward. Good. Poor Bella. <laughs> yeah, poor Bella. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> so next we get into like more behavioral stuff. Okay. We have like, I don't know, they're hunting where unlike other vampires, the Twilight vampires, like their hunting isn't a sexy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very Mm -hmm. predatory. In the first couple chapters, Edward is, like, thinking about just murdering Bella. (laughs) It's not, like, a horny murder. It's a murder. (laughs) A horrific murder. Straight up murder. Yeah. So, if nothing else, they are just very predatory, but not that way. Wait. (laughs) But in the actual meaning of the term predatory. (laughs) Uh Yes. Uh Yes. Uh Which, again, I don't know that that needs more expansion. We got into a little bit of, like, pack dynamics. Oh, yeah. But later on, we also discussed that maybe some of the weird behavior you see between the Cullens in moments where, like, they disagree and immediately turn on each other. Yeah. (laughs) Despite being a family. Yep. Is that the parasite might be pushing them to be, like, a solo hunter. Like, Mm. more solitary so that there's no competition versus like the human in them, which is trying to keep them in these social groups. Yes. Yeah. Which would also explain why they like hide weaknesses, don't talk to each other, aren't like (laughs) 
emotionally available or at all empathetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still think this is a solid theory. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Because I just don't want to think about otherwise why Edward like doesn't care that Alice just saw the video of the guy saying where she came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And why nobody has like set Edward Dan for an intervention. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. For staying in Bella's house all night. <laughs> yeah. Like that's. How his family just it's let just him so continuously do that? Like, yep. and no one, no one thought to say something. Like, it's just wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. <sighs> just the worst. Similar to, like, the pack dynamics with the uh, new vampires that come in at the end. We saw, you know, submissive posture versus, like, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when Lara was trying to deal with the Cullens. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit. Visually, it would look like them hiding, like, their weapons, i.e. their teeth and mm-hmm. maybe hands. Mm-hmm. And we hypothesized that maybe grooming. <laughs> oh. I did like the grooming. Yeah, Not there in was... the creepy sexy way and like the yeah. literal like picking mm. bugs out of each other's hair way. Yeah. Like Laura braiding Rosalie's hair being like so sorry for insulting your family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was again there was nothing in the book that suggested that that grooming would be any kind of <laughs> pack dynamic but but we choose to believe yeah Yeah. one other thing that in hunting vampires apparently well the vampires who don't hunt humans Mm -hmm. apparently hunt animals that are emblematic of themselves or their hunting style right yes (laughs) which is like an interesting i don't know almost like cultural thing yeah Yeah. like i wonder if they got that from the denali yeah, yeah the, those are the other ones. Al- Alaska Cullen. Uh, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have Edward hunts mountain lions and Emmett hunts bears. And then we theorize that Alice would hunt foxes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I remember that. So, yeah. Yes. Did we decide what... I guess we don't really have enough information about the other family members to know what they would hunt yeah. like. I mean, Rosalie would probably be like a wolverine. 100%. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. Esme's like a deer, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Carlisle would be like a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like he would be like a raccoon. Raccoons <laughs> are too devious. Carlisle is yeah. not devious enough to Carlisle's be a raccoon. Carlisle's not that devious. Alice like, could be a raccoon. Mm. And Jasper, I don't think, uh, would give two shits. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. hunts just like a human whatever. because he spent most of his life eating humans. Yeah. <laughs> and then the big one was, I guess, in behavior, I didn't really know where to put this one. <laughs> but we do a lot of talking about the impact of vampires on the ecosystem. Yes. <laughs> yes that's very important. Yeah. So we actually come to the conclusion that the quote unquote vegetarian vampires are worse for the environment <laughs> than normal vampires. Yes. Yes. Because if you want to eat a hyperabundant predator, you should be eating people. <laughs> well, yeah, in maybe once upon a time, it wouldn't have been as bad, but especially in like the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Yeah. If you're going through and eating a bear every week. It's a lot of bears. That's a, a lot, lot of bears. bears. <laughs> we complained about the fact that Edward claims that they go off of population numbers and hunting season. No. <laughs> which nobody can possibly know that. Yep. 
scientists <laughs> nope. don't even know that. Like scientists don't even know that. <sighs> they would need to have, uh, I believe we said an entire research program dedicated hundred <laughs> percent to whatever area they were in. The entire forest would have to have trap cams. You would have to have like a rigorous methodology for how you were analyzing that footage and how you were extrapolating that footage to estimate the population in that area. And I am sorry, the Cullens 1000% do not do that. No. Oh, isn't this also where we theorized that Emmett carrying a bear is a Bigfoot? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> because they would have to go through the tra- trap camera footage. Yep. Yeah. Before they gave it to the humans to analyze. Yep. Because yep. otherwise you're going to get vampires on the trap cameras. Yeah. Uh-huh. But also there's probably already trap cameras in there from other researchers. And like... Mm-hmm. I don't know if they are, they never mention if they're meticulously avoiding those or like, like someone's probably seen them on those cameras and just thought they were high because grad students don't sleep a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that. I'm just starting grad school. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I have warned you over the last however many years I've known you though. Uh, yeah. So some other uh, theories we had about their impact was that we should just get them crinkly cat collars, like for your outdoor mm-hmm. cat. Yep. <laughs> so they stop eating stuff. Keep your cats and vampires inside. Yep. Keep your cats and vampires inside. For some reason, predators taste better. No idea why. We hypothesized bioaccumulation. I don't know. (laughs) Higher iron levels. I don't know. Yeah. And if they're hunting predators, then they're like causing this whole trophic cascade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not great. Lots of bunnies for Carlisle. Oh, God. Yeah, you have to <laughs> equally eat every level yep. of yep. the ecosystem. Because if yep. you eat all the bobcats, then the rabbits will overpopulate. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you got to eat rabbits and bobcats. Yeah. It's an important balance. Yeah. Ecosystem science is a complex thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Hannah's favorite theory, which was <laughs> that the Cullens should just be farmers. Yeah, yes. they should just be farmers. <laughs> It makes the colors the should most just be sense. farmers. It just makes they sense. Should just be farmers. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't think of a any reason why that would not be a good idea. Yeah. Literally like, no, no one would suspect them because they just like no. sell the meat and drink all the blood. Like Yeah, like there's nothing suspicious about that at all. No. And and I mean that sincerely. I don't know if I said it in a way that sounded sincere, <laughs> but it was intended sincerely. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is something about how, like, they would need to eat more animals than you could conceivably keep on, like, a small family farm. Yeah. But they could have a bigger farm. Yeah. And they could have, like, multiple kinds of animals. And if it's, like, a commercial farm for selling, then it's like, yeah, we added a bunch of cows because business is good and we can sell these cows now. Yeah. They would be like the kings of the farmer's markets. Yeah. And with that, that's all of it. Oh, wow. That's That's everything I wrote down. That's a lot. That was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. It was so much, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Again, my original document was nine pages. (laughs) That's (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my goodness. What do you guys think is going to happen next? (laughs) Ooh. I mean, in our next episode... We're uh-huh. starting a new book. We are Ooh. starting a new book. Ooh. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. To be fair, I was also excited to read Midnight Sun. 
God. Don't but say that. We're just starting. We're just starting something new. We're and I haven't, something new. I haven't read this book. Yeah, so we decided we're a little twilight out for the moment. <laughs> so we're going to pivot and read a different YA slash 9 to 12 book from the early 2000s. And I am so excited for it because we picked the one that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good fit, I think. I'm excited. Yeah, and we'll probably, you know what? We're probably going to do the rest of Twilight at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's we just read the whole book and then talk about it or something, it's going to happen. Just not right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely read the rest of the series at some point. You'll see on our social media when we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But it probably won't be the same format because this was a little bit too much Twilight. (laughs) Yeah. Because by the time this episode comes out, we've been talking about Twilight for a year. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Somehow it feels like longer. It feels like a hundred years. It feels like 16 years. It's since yeah. 2005. <laughs> I just am remembering Sophie and I talking about this outside the mech in Toronto, and I can't believe that was over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, it was also the pandemic year, so it was. Wow. My uh my initial exposure to this idea was I think I was like at work <laughs> and Sophie started a group chat and put <laughs> a twilight epub in it and nothing else and i was like hmm, what's this what's this about just like oh you'll figure it out yeah and now here we are with a very successful podcast with dozens of downloads <laughs> dozens dozens hey hundreds in the double digits hundreds it is hundreds at this point which is wild yeah. Hundreds of downloads, one single viral TikTok, and 22 Twitter followers. I think we've made our place <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Our extremely niche part of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know, we'll get we'll get into what the next book is when we get to it, but mm-hmm. keep your Surprise. eyes peeled. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Specifically for the episode art. <laughs> oh man. Our new cover art is going to be great. It's iconic. You'll recognize it as soon as you see it, probably. (laughs) If you want to guess what book we're doing next, you know, a very iconic fantasy book from the early 2000s, published pre-Twilight. Let us know on social media what you think it's going to be, because I'm very curious to see what people will think. And I, uh, the one hint I'll give is that uh, we picked it for its very good biologizing potential. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So much potential fantasy so biology. So much potential. But until then, uh, let's talk about what books we're reading. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, it's new books. <laughs> <laughs> so I read the second This Savage Song so our dark duet ah. that one and then good, i also eh? have yeah i liked it i was also so mad at the ending <laughs> yeah there but it made me feel a lot of feelings which i guess is the point mm-hmm. and then i read the one and a half of the holly black folk of the air series oh so, yeah cruel, cruel prince and i'm halfway through wicked king okay is it worth the hype that it gets I, okay, well, I really like Holly Black. I've yeah. liked her books since about 2005. Okay. <laughs> wow. But I really like these ones, yeah. 
Okay, that's promising because I'm I'm worried they're going to disappoint me. But I feel like if you like them, then I will probably like them. Yeah, they're um, right up your alley. Sweet. Love that. <laughs> Is there enemies to lovers? There's fairies and oh my god, there's so enemies. Yes! <laughs> there's so enemies. I don't know how we'll get to, I know how we'll get to lovers, but I don't know yet. Oh, they're like that much enemies. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, oh I'm excited. Damn it. I, I gotta get through. That'll have to be a fall read. I, I yeah, got so you many pirate books. Your pirate yeah, you books. Got pirate books. Speaking yeah. of which, what are you reading, Sam? Well, at this current moment of the recording, I am reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo at Hannah's recommendation. And my God, is it a good book? It's so good. But my pirate TBR was released. Actually, by the time this episode comes out. You'll be done all your pirate books. You'll be done all your pirate books. Yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. I'm reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Hugo and like, my God, it's so good. If it wasn't at my boyfriend's house... I I would have read it. I would have been done already, but I left it at his place because I have to also finish Rule of Wolves and Words of Radiance (laughs) and (laughs) all the other books that I have going on. Cut a lot. Yeah. Anyways, Hannah, what are you reading? Yeah, I finished an audiobook from my library this afternoon. It was Johnny Appleseed by Joshua Whitehead, which is a story about a two-spirit OG Cree man who moves to Winnipeg and just kind of it's written like a memoir like he reflects on his life and how he got where he is and how he feels about where he is in life now it was pretty good it was very almost literary and way sexier than I was expecting it to be but like not in a sexy way I should I guess I should say sexual and not sexy yeah oh which was a lot to listen to while I was (laughs) sitting waiting after my COVID vaccine and little little Johnny was doing some sex work but other than that i am reading a i was inspired by sam and i am reading to kill a kingdom by alexandra christo which is about a pirate and a siren who i'm expecting to fall in love by the end of the book i love that book it's so tropey and ya but i love it yeah it's great i don't think it's for me but that's um, fair it's fine i love that book uh yeah so if you liked this very long chapter of midlight crisis consider rating and reviewing us on itunes or your podcatcher of choice you can talk to us and find fun related content and let us know what you think our next book is going to be and then probably you know find out what our next book is going to be when we (laughs) announce it on social media we are at midlight pod on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website midlightpod.podbean.com and on youtube and thankfully, I don't have a quote from Edward for you. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> we never have to hear anything else that Edward says ever again. Thank oh God. God. I am dumping my Midnight Sun in the next used bookstore value village. Anywhere that's taking used books as soon as I can. <laughs> I deleted the ebook off of my phone two days ago and I was Whoa. so, I felt a weight had lifted from yeah. me. <laughs> God, it's so heavy, both physically and emotionally. <laughs> emotionally, mentally, spiritually.